December 8th. Number one with a bullet. Mr. Michael Mickey Platter, a singer with one-hit wonders in every decade since the 60s, and now the composer of a Christmas song so tediously infectious that it was in danger of being classed a dangerous epidemic, wrapped in ribbon and tiny bells and dropped into the polar bear enclosure at London Zoo. The first the zookeepers knew of it was that the bears kept jingling every time they farted. Dead Vent Calendar, a merry murder mystery in 24 crimes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The trouble with trying to follow a police detective is that generally they're the ones who do the following and they tend to take exception to other people trying, particularly when they have already taken exception to those people and in very explicit terms told them not to come anywhere near them particularly when they spend most of their time doing important and official things out of the sight of the general public, it turns out. After a fruitless day of hanging about, Shiloh and I went to the pub. It was mere coincidence that the pub in question happened to be Inspector Street's local. It was fortunately also one of those London pubs that was refitted in the 90s to look like the Victorian pub it had originally been before it was refitted in the 80s to not look like that anymore. Shiloh and I hid in a booth and hunched over our pints, trying to look inconspicuous. When the inspector finally came in, we shrank back into the shadows, hoping not to be noticed by her, or just as importantly, the extremely large police officer she was drinking with. Remind me, I said, why I've let you talk me into being here. Because this, said Shiloh, holding up a copy of the flyer we'd found in the pub on the 1st of December, was already on this table when we arrived, We have in our hands one end of a scarlet thread of murder that weaves a knotty skein across the city in the season. It is the fact that you talk such unremitting drivel, I said, that makes me doubt the sense of this at all. I begin to suspect that the inspector, being a professional detective, might have a point. What do we know, after all? We find a flyer in a pub looking for unchristmassy people who deserve punishment, a pub in which, by the way, you almost get beaten up for calling somebody Uranus, We witness the frankly unpleasant death of, as it turns out, a frankly unpleasant man electrocuted by faulty fairy lights at a garden centre. You then cross-examine your own mother, who, if I ever doubted it to be the case, proves herself to be a woman of extraordinary patience and forbearance, which leads us to a woman who, while she has every motive to commit murder, has an absolute cast-iron alibi. And while she has no alibi for a completely unrelated death, has also absolutely no motive. And that's it. A string of wholly unrelated, if bizarre, events. And we have, said Shiloh, murder. He picked up the file I'd put on the table and spread out the cuttings and printouts between us. Eight murders now, he said, pointing at them in turn. One a day for eight days. Deaths, I said. Eight deaths. All bizarre, I grant you, but with nothing to connect them. On the contrary said Shiloh, finally picking out the flyer from the pub. Every victim a Scrooge, every death seasonal, an undeniable pattern. You said so yourself. 
It is entirely possible, I said, that I am not in my right mind. Being around you, in fact, I would say it's an inevitability. Let us consider it, said Shiloh, from the other end. Let us consider the individual who believes so much in the spirit of Christmas that they believe those who betray it deserve the ultimate punishment of death. A mad person, I said. A mad genius, said Shiloh, who sets about trying to find deserving victims so they advertise for them and then find themselves with at least 24 or 25, I said, maybe they work on Christmas Day, or 25 murders to plan, said Shiloh. That's a lot of work and would need a lot of people. But they have a lot of people. They have, in fact, at least 24 or 25, I said, or 25 people who have already proved that they're quite willing to consider murder as a solution to their troubles. Are you suggesting that anyone who picks up this flyer is a potential murderer? I said. Of course not, said Shiloh, growing excited. That's how you choose your victims. Which applicants are willing to go that far? Then you simply swap around the murders. The price each applicant pays for their Christmas wish is helping out in someone else's murder. A murder for which they have no motive, to which they have no connection, for which no one can ever suspect them. Except you, I said. Well, said Shiloh, not everyone is me. Thank goodness, I said. But there's another mystery here, even if we assume that this is the case. Once you've eliminated the impossible, began Shiloh. You've done that one, I said. Anyway, presuming this is the case, what do you intend to do about it? Catch the mastermind, said Shiloh. How? I said. You've already said it yourself. If this is true, they're a mad genius. With all the genius and madness of a mad genius. How do you catch one of them? Well, quite, said Shiloh thoughtfully, fingering the flyer. It's quite a challenge. A three-pint problem, I said, tapping his empty glass. Another? Unfortunately, I had the terrible luck to arrive at the bar at precisely the same time as Inspector Street. Fortunately, she saw one of the bar staff before she saw me. Mickey, this isn't a pleasure at all, said Inspector Street to the barman. To be fair, he wasn't an unnoticeable man, being well over six foot, broad, adorned with wonky tattoos and a lumpy face that looked as if it had been extensively and violently rearranged several times, knocking his features into new and interesting shapes. Eh, Inspector Street, he said, for all his size quailing in front of the tiny, fierce inspector. Detective, Inspector, said Street. Unusual to find you so honestly employed, Mickey. I assume it is. Honest. Not cash in hand, is it? Nothing HMRC needs to know about, I hope. Christmas was all Mickey could manage. Need money for the kiddies, innit? Presents and that. Ah, Christmas and the little kiddies, said the inspector. Why is it that everyone always thinks that the season is an acceptable reason? I'd better find that this is all legal and above board, Mickey. Because otherwise I might get the present I want for Christmas. You, inside. Then how do the kiddies like their festivities? Three pints of lager and a vodka and coke. Mickey served us sullenly while I took my two pints and slunk away to our corner. But not inconspicuously enough. I heard the sharp clack of her heels on the floorboards behind me as I reached the table. And that goes for the two of you, she said, glaring at us. You are going to remember that you are going to keep your heads down and your noses clean.
you are going to remember that any murders, if there are any, are not diabolical geniuses, but horrid little scrotes like Mickey there, and you are going to remember that they are entirely my business and none of yours. And you are going to remember that you are going to start drinking somewhere else. The most seasonal I am going to get is that I am going to allow you to finish your drinks before I make you go away. Understand? Understand, I said. I mean, understood. The inspector stalked away to collect her drinks from a cringing Mickey. You asked me, said Shiloh, how I propose to find the mastermind. And the inspector asked you not to, I prompted. It seems to me that the way to uncover the network is to find one of their prospective murderers, said Shiloh. And how do we do that? By remembering what the inspector asked us to remember, said Shiloh. By remembering that murderers are all people just like Mickey over there. I looked to where he was pointing. Mickey was standing at the bar where the inspector had left him. He had a phone in one hand, and in the other he held a flyer. One of the Krampus flyers. One of the flyers looking for unchristmassy victims. Victims like Detective Inspector Street. You have been listening to Deadvent Calendar, written by Tobias Sturt from an original idea by Tobias Sturt and Rowan Davis. The story is read by John Millington, and I read the murders. The music is The Sleigh by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word, and even rate and review it if you can. You can find more on SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, and on our website at ruritania.co.uk slash stories. And tune in next episode to open another fatal window in our dead vent calendar. We are going onward through the night.